What you doing? Trying on glasses with Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Wow, that's pretty cool. But those glasses kind of make you look like your Uncle Bob. Oh, not exactly the look I was going for. Um, okay, how about these clear glasses? Oh, or these round ones? Very on trend. I like both on you. You know, I also like these aviator sunglasses. Wait, are those the actual prices? I say get all of them. Seriously, why not, right? Oh, now I want new glasses. Zenni.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95. Revenge of the Action Movie returns. Here we go. Side chop with the vengeance. Roundhouse kick. All right. Falcon punch uppercut. <laughs> Today's video is sidekicks. I I'm willing to bet a lot of people don't know what this movie is, but you fucking should. Sidekicks is a nearly forgotten 1992 martial arts family film starring the late Jonathan Brandis and the legendary Chuck Norris whose beautiful red beard and chest hair combination is unmatched. You both want to run your fingers through it yet are also scared of its magical prowess. In Sidekicks, Jonathan Brandis' character Barry has multiple health issues and self-esteem issues that have led to him retreating to live inside his own mind. He falls into daydreams constantly and in uncomfortable places not unlike the backseat of a Volkswagen or the middle of the classroom, openly and embarrassing having full-on conversations with his hero Chuck Norris, who plays himself Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets, no, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese, or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's, because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece chicken McNuggets, juicy quarter pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal, single item at regular price in the film. When his caring teacher, Miss Chin, and his father decide that it's time for Barry to start living outside of his head for his own good, they take him to learn from eccentric yet wise martial arts trainer and frying dragon owner, Mr. Lee. As Barry and Mr. Lee become closer and his martial arts skills enhance, so does his confidence, enough to the point where Barry has decided to enter a martial arts tournament, taking on the biggest bully from school. All this with the help and motivation of his imaginary friend, Chuck Norris. Or maybe he isn't so imaginary after all. Sidekicks has a great heart, and it's going to be one of the only films you see us do here on Revenge of the Action Movie that is a family film, but that doesn't mean it's not without its own darkness. Jonathan Brandis, the film's lead, who you also may have seen in It as young Bill Denbro or in The NeverEnding Story 2 as Bastion, unfortunately took his own life in 2003 at the young age of 27. Uh, the film itself has never also been taken seriously from critics. Uh, look at Rotten Tomatoes today. And obviously it wasn't around back then, has the movie sitting at a 10% rotten and being panned as a Karate Kid ripoff. It would go on to make $17 million at the box office during its domestic release in April of 1993, despite going up against The Sandlot and Indecent Proposal in the week of its release. That's a weird-ass smattering of films, isn't it? Two very different kinds of fantasy. Imagine if we switched the roles and Chuck Norris was trying to bang Woody Harrelson's wife, and instead Robert Redford was entering the karate tournaments. What the, what the fuck was I talking about? It's, it's a movie that just has like a lot of like self-empowerment to it. It's like a, it's a basic film, like a 90s kid that's getting bullied. He has, has asthma. He lives a single dad's raising him. And he, you know, escapes into daydreams and shit and hangs out with Chuck fucking Norris. Like, what else is there? So when the movie starts out, he's daydreaming in class. And he has this crazy vision in his head. And the movie just plays it that way. Where they're at like the Viet Cong or some shit. I don't know where they are. Yeah. But there's this big action scene. And then he's fighting all these people wearing this white ninja suit 
too. They have this really corny action scene where they lock arms and just kick everybody, and the worst bad guys ever just walk up to be kicked in the face, like, yeah. in, re in repetition. Chuck Norris looked like an albino smoke from Mortal Kombat with that white ninja suit. <laughs> I liked it, though. But yeah, it was like, it, it wasn't even connecting with him. It was barely hitting him on the chest. Like, ah! Oh. <laughs> it was like, that kick is powerful! Yeah, and that, that's one of the things you connect to so much in this movie, because I don't know if it's just us or if a lot of kids, I'm sure a lot of people did back then in the 90s, but when you're kind of an outsider, but you're, but you're obsessed and you're in love with these action heroes yeah. who are just like badass beyond life, and they're doing all this cool shit, but in your life, you're just kind of like, you know, a, a little kid that gets bullied and picked on. You look up to them so much, and that's kind of what happens to him. He wakes up from his daydream, and he's in class, and his daydreams are actually, basically, he's almost schizophrenic, man. Mm -hmm. It's got, if you want to look at this movie dark, you can, because he's kind of got a weird schizophrenia going on, because he daydreams, but he he does it with his eyes open, he's like talking, sitting at his desk, like, thanks, Chuck, and the whole class Oh, dude, that him. was the cringiest fucking part, yeah, when he was like, wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, I'll always be there, and then all of a sudden, he goes back into reality, and he's just talking out loud, and his yeah. like, oh, fuck! Might as well shit your pants. Like, my heart hurts! <laughs> I, I felt bad, I wanted to jump through the screen, be like, no, I'll protect you, because it was so cringy, because everybody was like, yo, Barry, where are you, weirdo? I'm like, first off, you don't even have a fucking period yet, so you don't get to talk to me like an adult, you stupid bitch. <laughs> And like, and then the, of course the fucking bad guy Cellini is an asshole. Yeah. And uh, you know he's a perfect asshole though, by the way. Like a great actor. Uh, he really uh, embodied that part. But yeah, it was so cringy. And it, you know what? I don't know if it was that he has a condition. I, it's I, ADHD. I don't know. It was some kind of problem where he was dreaming when he was awake. There's probably a medical term for it. We're fucking idiots. We don't know what it is. But they don't really address it that way. Micro naps. I, I think it was just because to uh, take a doze awake or whatever, sleep awake, <laughs> sleep fucking awake. nightmare in Elm Street or whatever. But um. It was, but it's, yeah, I think it was just that he was so, like, down on himself. He's so depressed in the movie, which is actually kind of sad because in real life, Jonathan Brennan was depressed, that he has to escape into this fantasy and do it. And Chuck Norris is the only thing he's ever had, like, a hero that he looks up to. The other thing also is that I don't really think it was a problem. I mean, it was a problem if you're, wake, you know, dreaming while you're awake. But I would, like, encourage it in some way if I was a teacher, be like, you could be a fucking great writer because he was coming up with some great fantasies, dude. Yeah, that, that's the, I was thinking that too. I was like, well, he could grow up to be a great writer or director mm -hmm. or whatever because, but that, again, that's, that's where I tie so close to this character when I think about my childhood because when, when remember when you play with your toys and you'd be alone in your own little world you set up scenes and shit you set up scenes you would make a movie you would have the ending I used to have my G.I. Joes kick each other in the face like off of a ledge into a bottle of water that I was uh, a glass of water I would pretend was acid like you make up these crazy stories I one time had my Star Wars mixed up with my He-Man because I was like, I was like we have to go to this planet I was like there's a, a warrior there that no one's seen for many years and I used to always Prince use the shadow dude it was Prince Adam <laughs> but no I, I really really connect with this kid I totally understand it was a really cool character that they built here. And, and, but I also like the fact that Chuck Norris was like into the movie. You know, like he came and he was a part of the movie. I'm not saying that Chuck Norris was doing. I mean, Walker Texas Ranger was years out from now, but yeah. it wasn't like Chuck same Nor director. By but the way. Chuck Norris was still in high demand, like in the early '90s. Like he was like the fucking go-to guy. Like he was still an action hero, and he still is. But you know, Chuck Norris had to. <laughs> he's so. Because he's become like a meme lord now. Like everybody makes fun of Chuck Norris. As far as like you know, I saw this one's like, "There's no such thing as global warming." Chuck Norris was simply cold and turned the sun up. <laughs> but you know, it, it, but Chuck Norris is like, uh, he's weird. Like I, I never really got into Chuck Norris as much as like the other ones, like Arnold and and Van Damme and yeah. Seagal and all those guys. But he was still a great fucking action hero. And so why wouldn't you have him as your fucking hero? He was like the he Will Smith of rap. Like yeah. he was clean. He was the one guy who wasn't into like he wasn't doing cocaine and messing up his career. He was like super clean and like had this nice image to him or whatever but he was also he was a legit fucking action star yeah. man and he and, fought Bruce Lee yeah and uh Noreen his teacher Miss Chan 
She's great too. Uh, she believes in Barry and wants Barry to like get better. And he, she has this one-on-one -on -one with, with his dad and talks one-on-one. -on -one. She talks to him about she, he wants to do it, but <laughs> does, you know, t basically talks about like you know you've got to be there for Barry and and you know like why can't you be his hero? Why can't you do this? like you know some of this shit like actually hit you like goddamn. It was real what are you, shit, man. Who wrote this shit? This shit is good, <laughs> and nobody knows. I know, no. Uh, but it was it was like little tiny subtle things that she would say, and you were like. Fuck, man, that's actually really, really good and well done and well written. And so that was the conversation, though. Like the conversation they had specifically was like it, it, you can tell that his dad, uh, played by Bo Bridges, Jerry, is a, is a good guy. I keep calling him the kid Jerry. It's Barry. He reminded me of the kid. Fuck, why would you confuse it so much? Uh, he reminds me of the guy from uh, the Dad and Teen Wolf. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's, he's, a, he's a great movie dad, and he cares a lot. But he, he's a single dad, and he works a lot. So he's like, "No, we're close." And she's like, "Yeah, but do you talk to him? Like, do you do this?" And as a parent, that's another thing you recognize too, because like you're so busy with everything going on, sometimes you don't realize what's going on with your own kid and how yeah. how deeply he's affected by it. And that's kind of their relationship. He's still a really good dad. He's just not perfect, and she's trying to help him realize that the kid needs help. So they decide to take him to a karate class, which is where you meet Fucking one of the greatest, stone. corniest bad guys ever, Chuck. Norris? <laughs> what are the reasons? What are the main reasons Chuck Norris retired? Is me. <laughs> it's like, Chuck Norris? He doesn't compete anymore, kid. And one of the reasons, one of the main reasons he doesn't is me. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, yeah. He doesn't compete because I would kick his Let's go, son. Come yeah. on. Kick his ass. Got you the first time. See, that's what I'm saying. You don't get those kind of movies today anymore. Like, yeah. you don't get them. Like, you know why? Because people are like, oh, it's too corny, it's too simple, it's too easy. But, you know, it's the message in the middle of it, like, in the middle of that nougat that makes it feel good. And, like, it doesn't have to be all flashy and amazing and special effects. It could be well written with great actors and have a great message in the middle of it, which this one does. And, and when he goes to Stone and, and you find out what an asshole he is, because also, you know, the whole karate kid thing, he, they are like the Cobra Kai, pretty much. And it, has, it almost felt like they were parodying the Cobra Kai or yeah. something like that but um Stone is a great bad guy too. Like he's just so fucking asshole. Like, like he reminds me of like the instructor. Like when you first get your uh, permit to be a like take a you know driver's test, he would be the guy that would be like, "You think you're ready to drive? You don't know shit that's, about driving." That's funny because my driver's ed instructor was a real bitch. I called her a jelly pop tart, and she hated like, me for the rest of the life. Where's your emergency brake? Where is it? I'm like this one's like that's wrong. Because you know if we were in war, you would have just cost our whole company their life. So they take him to meet Mr. Lee, and Noreen's there, and and that's where the dad and her start to have a relationship going on, which is really nice. It's good for the dad. You're happy for him. Uh, and they, they start to have a relationship. They meet Mr. Lee, who's amazing. And again, amazing, this is the yeah. Mr. Miyagi prototypical character. But this guy, I feel like, was underrated in this movie, man. Yeah, dude, he had like a lot of Yoda fucking sayings. Like I don't know, like, and he didn't. He had some cool karate moves, but like the way that he delivered the lines and the way that he, like, just the way he was overall, like his persona was just it. It was like Miyagi. I mean, it's hard to compare the two. Miyagi's Miyagi. Like, he's fucking badass. But yeah. this guy was cool as shit, too. Like, I don't know. Who would you want you to be your teacher? Honestly, man, Mr. Miyagi would kind of get on my nerves with that clean my car shit. Yeah. Mako at least didn't. Uh, his name's Mako in real life. Uh, he's only got one name, by the way. Is that one? That's one, how you know you're badass. That, yeah, exactly. He doesn't even need a last name. But it's no, like Mi Seal. Mr. Lee was just—he was a little bit funner, and he almost cut to the chase a little bit quicker. He did start with that whole like your first lesson starts now, and he's like throwing dough balls at him. But they don't. They only like Miyagi is the one's like no, 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 you must fuck us, and like he would go. Like, you, it gets you in there. Yeah. But nonetheless, yeah, Mr. Lee is great. And, and that's another point where, where they show off one of the issues that, that Barry has is, I think it is an extreme version of ADD where he, like, just 
barrels the fuck out and goes somewhere else. But Mr. Lee knows how to talk to him. Yeah, but okay. and that's that's how he started. He would like he would like surprise him and just like throw dough balls at his face and hit him with them. And that's when you get the great conversation. He's like he's like man he's like I, you really want to learn karate? He's like you can't even catch a dough ball. And he's like what what should your fighting name be? What should it be? Let me see. Um, I got it. He was like Mr. Dumpling. Mr. Dumpling. Mr. Dumpling, who fights in a most deceptive manner by smashing the fists of his opponents with his own face. But the reason why you're Mr. Dumpling is because you say, well, I wasn't ready. He's like, you'll never be ready in your life. Like, everything that comes at you... Death you, does not wait! And see, again, there's great messages in this. Like, yeah. It's written really well. Like, and I can't believe it's not talked about more than it is. It's insane. It's like the hardcore action movie version of the Buttercream Gang. Honestly. Like, it's got the same stuff as, like, a movie like Bloodsport, down to, like, the fighting tournament and shit like that. But it's all clean and good-hearted and Disney-like, but in, like, the most natural of ways. It wasn't to sell tickets. It's just legit 100... I'm head-to-toe legit. Yeah. This, for example, is a thief. You cannot compromise with a thief. Unless you wish to give something of yourself away. Does that appear confusing? Yes. Good. Life is very confusing. You do get that corny action scene that comes out. I liked that. it though. You like that scene? Yeah, well, he's like, he's like, hey, what's your name? He's like, Hank, <laughs> short for Henry. <laughs> what's, your, what's your name? Hank, short for Henry. Oh, yeah. I, I had an uncle named Henry one time. Yeah? I don't think I knew him. Let me deal with that. What are you doing? Preparing. But he comes up there, he's like, Oh, 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 oh. He goes, Bunjai! And, like, uh, and then I was like, That's a drunk child! <laughs> and he whoops her ass. Like, he, he spills, like, sake on their dick and, like, fucks them up. Bunjai! Bunjai! Like, it was cool because it was like, I think what it was, was it was showing a lesson. Kind of like Yoda, in a way, in Star Wars. Because it was like, uh, judge you, they judged him by what he looked like and what he was presenting to the world. But what he actually was, was a badass in Kung Fu Mastery. Yeah. And that's it's the same thing. It was like, uh, the Yoda thing. It was like, judge me by, by size, do you? But that, that's I think the kid in me just still wanted, like, a, a really good karate action scene there. I'm like, oh, he's just throwing plates well, at him and shit. I think that's an actual uh, karate thing, like, drunken, drunken monkey yeah, or something. Like, it's how they act. Jack like they, Yeah. Uh, I only know that from both. Right show from Mortal Kombat, but he does this <laughs> drunken thing. But yeah, it was it, it was whatever. It could have been in there, it could have not been in there, but it was still fun to see. I think again, I don't know. You don't see Barry looking and watching, but it's I, I think he was doing it for Barry's benefit. He's like yeah. sometimes you you can just you know mastery of the the martial arts isn't always about like just whooping fucking ass and being goddamn Steven Seagal, but sometimes it's about like disguise and like letting people believe that you're something and then being something more than that, which is perfect for Barry because everybody thinks he's this little wimpy kid who has all these health issues and can't stick up for himself. It kind of comes full circle though because when Lauren's walking him home uh, and Barry is really trying uh, and do this part, it, it, that whole sequence is so good. He asked her out on a date and she basically says, well, everybody's just so mean to you and he's like, I just feel and he's like, you pity me. And then she's like, he's like, you know, Cellini was right. And he runs away and he's mad and he's starting to have an asthma attack. And then he breaks his fucking inhaler and he's like, I won't be you or I'll beat you. And then he starts, uh, yeah. And then then he gets a daydream. And this is where I like it too. He gets a daydream and it's Chuck Norris and, and uh, uh, fucking Coach Horn. And Coach Horn is... 
By the way, in that scene, we Coach Horn is dressed up as a Nazi, and he's like, Feel this fine. Like that. <laughs> Do you know what he looked like, dude? He looked like Baron von Strucker from he the Marvel. He looked exactly like my version. If the, if this if Marvel had come out earlier with an Avengers movie, he would have been Baron von Strucker. Yeah, that would have been perfect. Dead, dead on him. But it was so cool, like to see like the, how he was dealing with his trauma, and he goes immediately to the daydream, and he and he's looking at Chuck. He's like, Chuck, Chuck, I can't breathe. He's like, Hang on, Barry. Again, I think that Chuck Norris is representing that inner voice in him, that that like never give up, that never die attitude, and that's just part of the daydream. But it's him, and that, and that's a, that's actually not a bad thing to do either. And and I I really believe in that too. Like when you, when some people say like you are the circle of people you have around you. You know, when you're going through a tough time, some people don't have a good circle around them. Some people are in bad situations or whatever. And I've always thought that's a really good thing. And this is going off a little bit here, but like even now that we have YouTube and you can like watch positive people, like yeah. or you could follow positive people, even though you might not be in a situation where you have them around you in your life, you can live through those people and learn lessons from them. And that's what he does with Chuck Norris. Like he uses him as like, like it sounds stupid, but like a spirit animal. And that, that scene was so good, man. I felt bad for him when, when she, when he realized that she does just pity him. And that was good acting by Jonathan Brandis too, because he yeah. starts to cry. But like you said, he throws it away and then it pans out from Chuck Norris and it's his dad and they're in the ambulance. And uh, he tried so hard to like overcome his issues that he put himself in the hospital. <clears throat> and that's when Mr. Lee finally shows up <laughs> It's that was an awkward ass scene, by the way. He shows up with his stuff, and he's like, "Undo your shirt," and like we're in this dark room together, and he's like rubbing his rubbing his chest with that uh, with that ancient Chinese secret shit on him, and it was just really uncomfortable. Ancient Chinese secret, <laughs> uh, huh? but he's like, he, but when he walks out, it's a really good scene. He's like, "Now I believe you actually want to learn. Again, now I will train you." Again, it's also it's just amazing the way that they put these little things in there like that. That really, and you're pumped up. You're you're cheering for Barry at this point. I mean, you were cheering for Barry early on anyway, because he's like this little weakling kid with like asthma and stuff and you're like people are picking on him they're being assholes to him for no fucking reason he seems like a cool kid but now you're really like you're like hey man you get it like you get it because there's one also Mr. Lee says um, perhaps you went too fast you reached too far and what what got me what almost got me to cry was the fact that he's like tomorrow we try again because it was like yeah because I think it's what he's saying is like you failed yes you didn't make it but that's okay you're allowed to fail that's a good teacher but now I want I know you're going to learn so you try again like you, yeah. you get knocked the fuck on your ass and you get back up and you keep going and you get better for it you tried to reach too far too fast we will try again but slower that's what I liked about that message, and that's a great message. And then they finally started doing this training. The music training, kicks in. The training montage comes on. It feels good. Let's start with a few simple movements. Low block, high block, punch. It feels good. I'm gonna go fucking do some karate myself. <laughs> but uh, I, I also like if you. I don't know if you notice this, but when when the uh, when he's like running or when he's driving the van behind him mm -hmm. and, and he's running. Did you notice like the front part of the van is Yoda's face? No, I didn't. It's Yoda, dude. That's it's like weird. it's a big Yoda face. Holy shit, I did not see yeah, that at all. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I did love it though, man. Like uh, when the action scene starts, just another touching moment. Like when he's trying to do like the breathe in, breathe out, and he starts to cough. He's like, it's okay, and he gets his thing. It's it, man. The, the whole thing is just fucking packed with kindness and heart, and it. it's such a good. Good goddamn movie down to its core. And then he, he's carrying some balls back in the, in, the, in the gym and Cellini tries to fuck with him again. And he says, up yours and starts to walk away. Cellini hits him in the back. I love that scene so much, yeah, man. They, they, they take it out. He puts him in the exact same position he was in before. He's got a, he's got a, fuck, it's such a dick move too. The kid has asthma and you've got your, your foot on his chest, but he puts his foot on his chest. So it's going to be this, easy this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, oh. when he did that, I got so jacked. He's like, it's not going to be this easy, that easy this time. Cellini like fucking knocks him over. I was like, fuck yeah. 
I like how uh, Jonathan Brandis even was like, up yours, Cellini, because the way he even said it was like, ooh. Yeah. And then I was like, ooh. <laughs> I was like, it didn't even fucking say it. It wasn't even that bad. He's like, I fucked your mom last night, Cellini. Like, the way he got up and ran after him was like, what the fuck you said? And he's like, so you want to learn karate, huh? Well, this lesson's for free. And he's like, I'm glad you weren't in that class, because if you were, I'd be doing this to you every day. But I loved it, dude, because actually it's the only fight scene that you get between the two, and we'll get into that later when you get to the tournament, because you think at the tournament they're going to fight. And it's really disappointing that they don't. But this is the only fight scene you get between the two of them here. And I liked it because even though even though uh, Barry didn't actually win, he stood up for himself, and he, yeah. he kicked the dude in the face well, a few I, times. I, again, I, I think it's overcoming the odds. Like it, yeah. It's like saying, hey, I've got this uh, demon, whatever, it may be in your life, whether it be alcohol or like cigarettes, or if it's a bully or whatever, you can overcome it. You can get better than it, and that's what the whole the whole point of the movie is. I and think he was surprised in himself. And again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking miss a good, great inspirational part too. And it's so small that again, it's not like noticeable. Like a lot of people don't talk about it, but there's one scene when Coach Horn, and this is right before the asthma attack, actually. Oh uh, yeah. When he's like, uh, when he asked him to climb the rope. Keep going, lady. Don't even think about quitting. <laughs> you can do it, Barry. <laughs> Barry. Hey, Barry. I'll race you to the top. Chuck Norris is there all of a sudden while he's awake. And he's like, who the hell is he talking to? Is he nodding off again? Yeah, I can't. Barry, I hate that word. Who the hell is he talking to? Hey, you up there. You nod off again? <laughs> Get going! Chuck Norris, the imaginary friend, is encouraging him. That music's coming on, and he's slowly pulling up. And he's like, I'll be damned. And he's doing it in front of all these people because he's believing in himself, and Chuck is there to help support him. And it's yeah. such a great scene. That music is all there, and like the scene is coming together. My heights, my heights are so bad, dude, that actually watching that scene when he got to the top of the rope and he was hanging there and he looked down, I got that weird butthole tingle that I get when I look over ledges. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you got that butthole tingle when you saw Chuck. No. <laughs> well, like, that, of course. Yeah, you can't help scruffy it. beard. He's got a great beard. Uh, but, yeah, no, I always get that. Like, if I look over ledges or I'm heights, like, I get this weird, like, my butthole sucking me into the ether because of gravity. But I actually got that just watching that scene. But, but no, it was a really good but scene. But, yeah, yeah and, and, like, it was just, it, I don't, it, it's really hard to put into words what that means. Like, you know, you're, you're imagining yourself like being made fun of constantly and that there's no way you can do this and everybody said that this daydreaming shit's all you're crazy and it's it, but it's literally that it's like I think it's the same thing as people that read comic books or read books or something those people that you imagine that you were these heroes that you wish that you could be if they appear to you like they're just like little pieces of like confidence that you can use in your everyday life and he uses that to be able to overcome and I think it's basically you know it's subconsciously he probably knew how to climb the rope like he probably knew how to do it yeah. but it took that imagination of his to tell him like remember wrap the, your leg around the rope and then all now all the weights in your legs and now just pull up the same thing that happens when he goes to the hospital after having the asthma attack the nurse is talking to his dad and she's like I don't understand she's like the x-rays are fine the scarring healed good I'm surprised he's not doing better and that's because it's all in his head like a lot of the like he does have have some issues but a lot of it's in his head he just believes he can't do it for so long that uh, that it actually puts him in the hospital and that shit's real man if you don't believe in yourself or if you don't believe or if you think you're a piece of shit and you look up and you tell yourself in the mirror every day i'm not going to do anything i'm a piece of shit then you will but if you look up in the mirror and you tell yourself that you can do it if you try hard enough then maybe you will so it's dude there's so many lessons packed into this fucking movie that's for free on you it's a fortune cookie unlimited crazy. it's a fortune cookie unlimited <laughs> i like you but you're you know crazy. what's fucking crazy is like again it really i'm not saying it it 
would be like the world would be in a different place. But if these movies that continue, they should. If yeah. they had continued, there'd be so much more positivity in the world. Like as far as like, I, and like I know you're putting a lot of stock in sidekicks, and you're saying, oh, you're saying sidekicks was a prophet? <laughs> no, bitch. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is like these movies that represented like something wholesome. It was something about them that was like, and it didn't matter if it was a girl or a boy or whoever the fuck. It was just rising above and being better than what everybody says you are. Like, that's the point. That's why it's so good. He gets the girl, and they go to the zoo, and uh, I, I did like, uh, again, Mr. Lee has got so many good quips and so many so much ancient knowledge that you just you hang out with that guy all day, and you could, I would create a company that would fucking Xerox shit to Mars because he <laughs> would believe in me. I don't know, but... Um, I think he honestly does rival Miyagi, dude. I mean, I He think rivals him, but he's not Miyagi, but nonetheless, he rivals him. But Mr. Lee, when he was, like, saying... Uh, you know, when you when you can overcome your demons and when you can overcome these uh, adversities, he said, that is the day that the tortoise will sing or dance. <laughs> will dance. And you're like, what the fuck does that mean? But it feels, I don't know what the fuck you said, kid. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but that feels good. But, you know, and, you know, and then he looks over at the girl. He's like, I rest my case. I love that, like, every bit of that, like, those little moments that you see, you literally get to see Barry, like, coming to his own, not just with girls or, or with fitness or with confidence in himself, but the more and more confidence he gets in himself, the more and more he believes in himself, and the harder and harder he works, he starts to overcome these little bits by bits, and that moment where, where, he, where the girl calls him over and he's like... By rest my case or whatever. It's it's so nice, man. It's so awesome to see someone do that little bit by bit, and they don't like overdo it or make it dramatic or whatever. It's just there. And I even like the fact that he got fucking Coach Horn's fucking respect. Yeah, and I love he's that. Like, he goes, "Not bad, kid. Not bad at all." And he's like, and I like "Fucking Cholini's such an asshole." Because he's like, "Oh, I mean, he started it, Mr. Horn." He was like, "If that's true, kid, you got more. Uh, you got more, less intelligence than a uh, woodpecker on an aluminum telephone pole." <laughs> and I was like, "That's of course what my dad would say." Fuck you, dad. But. It, like it was it's so like overall it's just it's really cool to see Barry come to life like it, it's a, yeah. and by the way the music the music by the way all the music the, the training montage music all up to this point <clears throat> I love the music but and the reason why I think I loved it so much is it felt like a super double dragon yeah. like music transitioning uh, to the next or like stage like Little Mac when he's like, training it was like it was just it was that music or something it was yeah. like a, a synth kind of thing it was like the free royalty free YouTube music that you can get for a movie though. so it was like really low key but it was really good like they made it fit really well with what they had I love that and so you go back to you, you got even more training scenes that go on that just get you pumped up And, and then, then you get the little small stuff again, like the subtle start. You, you see where Barry leaves his inhaler, and then yeah. Mr. Lee picks it up and he looks at me. He's like, "Cause he doesn't need it anymore. Like he start, yeah. he doesn't need it." And it gets to the point where, and I also love that Mr. Lee. It was kind of a dick move, but you get what he was doing there. He starts giving him these magic potions and shit, and mm. tell him that's gonna help him, or whatever. And and uh, uh, Miss Chin was like, "What was that?" He's like, "Don't worry about it. It's not gonna kill him." Like he was just giving him nasty Chin. shit to drink that wasn't actually gonna do anything for him. But he knew in his mind, if he thought that this shit's gonna help me get stronger and better, that in his mind he would actually believe a little bit that placebo effect of the whole thing and it was actually working after the the zoo thing Cellini gets pissed off because Cellini is Cellini and he's like all right tough guy because you really want a shot at me here's the karate tournament and again this shit doesn't happen today anymore no. like nobody just takes a flyer it'd be on your phone like I'm gonna text you some mean emojis and say there's a go to website www.whatever but he sets a flyer that's like there you want to I'm like oh cool that's okay so we're going to a tournament now and then Mr. Lee and him sign up for the tournament and that's when things get real cool, though. Also, by the way, you got to mention the fact that um, there was a cool, uh, there was some cool other like um, scenes with um, 
Chuck, as far as the dream sequences, yeah. one of my favorites, not the one at the end with Hitman. Like Hitman was cool, but I like the I like the uh, the Old West one when they walk in. He's like, "That's Lone Wolf," because and Little Wolf too. <laughs> and he's like, uh, "What do I have for you?" And he's like, "Milk." And he's like, "You want some cooking too?" It's <laughs> like, "You want some cooking too?" I love that Chuck Norris is like, "I'll have milk too." And they do the, they give him the milk and shooters. Like they take shots of the milk, and he's like. I like how when they're all laughing though, and Chuck does that thing when he pulls his gun, it's like, ooh. <laughs> and then that guy, because uh, well, because again, what's cool is is all the people that give him shit in his life or in his daydreams of bad guys. Like he yeah. incorporates all, again, this kid is gonna be Steven fucking Spielberg one day or something. Yeah. Like he incorporates all, and they give him roles and stuff. Even Cellini was the guy at the very top of the set that was shooting the gun. Yeah. And they go on to the tournament now. They have to have a four-person team though to do this, and they get there, and I love the guy who's at the desk. He's an asshole. Uh, he's such a dick, man. Just the way he handles himself. Like, Were you working at? He looks like a guy that works at a fucking bank. He's like, you can't get a loan right now. I'll be closing two. Minutes. Dude, there was so much this movie I didn't remember, but the second I saw his face, I remembered that that guy dead on from way back in my childhood. As long as it's been since I've seen this movie, but he's such a dick, and he's like, you can't do it. With, you, you gotta have a whole team of four. And then Chuck Norris shows up as like an honorary, just famous person that's there at the event, and they're all taking pictures of him. And I like that Mr. Lee's like, we'll go get Chuck Norris for our fourth person. But he makes Miss Chin go ask. He's like, they get up there, he's like, I have an idea. And once they finally get up to Chuck Norris, he's standing there talking to people, and he's like, now you go ask him. Ask him. Ask well. We call it hard eating. I think the internationals won the toughest tournament we fought in. Oh, always the most black belts I've ever seen. Yo, we had a great fight. Excuse me. <laughs> Hi. And I, you know, it was so cool though. I mean, dude, it's so good. I mean, you don't see the whole real conversation that happened, but. Uh, Brandis is down there. Barry is down there watching the tournament. He's like really into it. And then, how cool would it be, man? Yeah. How cool your fucking hero that you daydream all about? He like walks down the, the aisle and sits down next to him and like sitting there. And he's talking. He's like, "Hey, how about me and you go win this thing?" And then you can tell Jonathan Brandis is like he's looking around like, "Is this guy real?" I was surprised that he didn't question himself and be like, "Are you real?" Well, everybody was looking. His face. Well, everybody was looking at him and asking for autographs, so he knew he was there. Yeah. And he introduced him to his dad and shit. So yeah. So I mean, at this point in the story, you got to be going to yourself. That makes no fucking sense. No way. In hell, Chuck Norris would do it, but Chuck Norris does have a reason to because uh, what's the doozy? A stone comes up to him and he's like, Hey, Chuck Norris, too bad you're not still competing because I kicked your ass. I'd love to kick your ass. <laughs> well, 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 what a surprise. Chuck Norris, too bad you're not still fighting. I'd love to kick your ass. Only in your dreams, Stone. Yeah, it'd be your worst nightmare, Chuck. Chuck Norris would have been a great Obi-Wan Kenobi. He really would have been, man. I would love to. They should have used him. But so they, they entered into the competition, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, Miss Chen loses. Uh, that that other bitch, she was taking creatine. She was, she was, she was fake. She was fake. Uh, but no, uh, I loved, I loved Mr. Lee's like entrance. Cause he was like, I, I got, I got a restaurant to run. And like, Be back here at two. He's like, I goes, I will. And he went to the restaurant. And he, he shows up in a, in a fucking apron. Uh, we have one more contestant left. Lee Chan from the flying, no, frying dragon. Would Mr. Lee Chan enter the ring, please? Mr. Lee Chan. Excuse, please. Coming through. Excuse. Hey, he's here. He's here. Hey, check this out. Here's a guy gonna break bricks wearing an apron. Hey, you're not wearing a karate gi. Don't need karate gi for brick breaking. Mr. Lee breaks the fuck out of those bricks. He breaks like nine bricks, and and they win that part of the tournament. In the end, it's the 
Uh, well, no, no. Then you get to Barry, and Barry does. Barry does amazing, dude. This is when That's the, cool scene, man. the dreaming part of what he does is able. He's able to go into this safe space for himself, and he's able to perform. Like what he's actually doing is he's actually doing an amazing job, but he's using his own dream uh, world as a way of empowering himself. So he does the nunchucks thing, and all of a sudden he's the white ninja with just the it, that, that shit remind me of American Ninja. You remember American yeah. Ninja with with the American flag, and he's, he's dude. That scene was so bad. That that thing, the shit he was and doing he with stop shit. He's like, fuck, I don't, I am good. I mean, obviously they got a guy to come in and wear the wear good, the though. ninja outfit and do it, but I've never seen nunchuck shit like that in my entire life. I want to watch. Day. I want to watch a whole movie with just that man. Yeah, I know, like, dude. Guy. No, that guy nobody should else. be an action hero. Just like, you know, just a nunchuck act. He'd have fucked Michelangelo's shit up. Nunchuck Makaka. That was amazing. That whole scene was really fucking cool. And, he, and so he obviously wins the weapons part of the tournament. And then Chuck Norris comes in and fuck stone up. Yeah. I love that part. Because <laughs> when he fucking, you know, you know, it's a classic, you know, um, Full full contact, uh, one that uh, dojo versus dojo, and Chuck Norris is going to take on Stone. They're going up through the the ranks or whatever, and then they're going to fight each other. And then uh, Stone likes to say, "Here, I'll shake my hand." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> perfect bad guy." Yeah. And then uh, I like the way, I also like the uh, Chuck Norris whoops his ass, but I do like the part where uh, Stone takes off his fucking shirt. He's like. <laughs> So good. Dude, that guy looked like he's gonna like cock, uh, like pop a fart out that was gonna have shard all over it. <laughs> I like when he got kicked in the stomach and he he was basically like Mayweather or, or a, any boxer when they get hit they smile and they're like you know what hurt when they smile he's, he gets kicked and he's like oh yeah. and then he turns around and he's like oh, oh. <laughs> when he was screaming like that he was like ah! when, he, when he was like had his shirt off that like that's everybody's painful shit in Taco Bell. <laughs> 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 it was so good, and then uh, so the very last part, and again, this is when it really empowers uh, Barry. Is uh, it's against Cellini, and they're going to do brick breaking again because it's tied between the Frying Dragon and the Stone Dojo, and uh, they do brick breaking, and uh, you know Cellini breaks. I don't know, a pretty good amount of breaks, and they think they won because Cellini got in his head. He goes, after this, I'm going to get a, a kiss from Lawrence. Like, You're not going to touch her. <laughs> and then he's pacing back and forth. He's got to br uh, break the bricks, and Mr. Lee again shows up to save the fucking day because Mr. Lee's badass. And Another great like, lesson learned. And he's like, uh, no anger. You are here to confront bricks, not that stupid boy. Now, concentrate. This will help you. 
Who just carries around a bottle of water fluid in his pocket? Well, he was a, he was a chef. Uh, yeah, but it's a bottle of water fluid. It's okay. So he, he walks up and like starts just spraying water fluid, lights the bricks on fire right here in the middle of the uh, of a fucking packed room, and nobody even bats an eye. They're just like, oh, that's normal. That's so that looks cool as fuck. Yeah. But dude, it did look cool as fuck. But it gets him to concentrate on the bricks. He's like, oh shit, fuck that other guy. This these bricks are on fire, and I have to punch through them. Dude, that that scene when his hand goes all the way through Look and it, it looked amazing and then he like he pulled it because it hurts you know so he's like oh <laughs> but I did it but he like it, it's so sad but it's so cool to see like this little kid that like everybody picked on and he's running over and he's being celebrated and, he's, and I was like fuck shit it's not as good as the ending of Karate Kid okay yeah. the Karate Kid ending whoo because they didn't, Woo! they didn't fight. That's one of my biggest disappointments as a kid and today in this movie. When you get to that, you just assume the entire time that he's gonna fight the kid. You think so? But I think it was because I think they were like, we're, we're borrowing really heavily on Karate Kid. We don't want to yeah. make it the whole thing. This is where it gets weird. Chuck Norris and him are sitting on the bench after the tournament, and then you know the Frying Dragon has won. Barry has won. He's redeemed himself. He's got the girl. He's beat the bully. He's respected now. I've always wanted to meet you. Well, it's been my pleasure. It's um, been kind of like a dream coming true. Dreams do come true, Barry. If you want them bad enough. But then all of a sudden he sees uh, Miss Chin and uh, his dad walking out, and they've got the trophy, and he and he starts walking towards them, and he looks back, and Chuck's gone, and just the magazine's there. Mind blowing, dude. Because and you're like, what the. Just happened. Totally mind blowing, and it actually almost redeems the last act of the movie because if you're watching this and you're thinking this is so dumb, Chuck Norris would never just join these people he don't know's team to fight in a competition when he's been out of it for years and all this stuff. If you're thinking that, this part blows your fucking mind. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know what they were like. I didn't know, <clears throat> I didn't know this when I was a kid either. When I watched it, I just thought he just like went back ninja in the vanished. Magazine. He went back in the magazine. <laughs> he ninja vanished or whatever. But Chuck Norris is literally it's, it's wide open place. There's no way he could have just escaped or ran away, which would have been stupid anyway. Chuck Norris is gone, so in my eyes, Chuck Norris was never there to begin with. It was all in his head. Well, there was three different theories. There was that theory that Chuck was never there, but there's also there was a darker theory that Barry died, and this was like all him imagining the tournament and all this shit never happened. You can say that about any movie. No, no, no. But he died during the asthma attack, and this was his like last flash moment. The other one is that Chuck was there during the tournament. Chuck was never outside in the bench with Probably him. Probably makes the most sense. And Chuck, uh, not, not just that, but Chuck never actually helped him. I think no, I believe no. that, that Chuck was there as like a s honorary member, but he didn't actually help him I, fight. See, what I feel like, I feel like Chuck did help him, and I don't think, but I don't think Chuck had a one-on-one -on -one with him at the, at, like after the tournament was over. Like he wasn't sitting on the bench. It's like possible. he was just imagining talking to Chuck. My favorite though is the idea that Chuck was never there and he did this all on his own. It's just too scary. Because <laughs> all, it, it's just like that, that, that literally le leads himself this guy's gonna be a villain of Gotham one day, <laughs> but no. Also, it, it didn't make any sense because they, they had to have four people, and who would be the fourth? But he could have imagined that too. You have to have four. Like it wasn't him though. But he wasn't there. Think about this though. Who was the who was the four people on the other dojo side? You had the main dude, yeah. right? You had the girl, and you had the kid. There was no other member. Yeah, there was a, there was a one. There was a there was a um, he was an Asian guy. You sure? Yeah. Well, I don't know. But no. I, but it, the the, <clears throat> the thing about it is though, what other than that weird fucking thing that happened, which I'm I'm sure there was an existential meaning behind it. I, we just don't get it. But and I, maybe it's this uh, when Barry, who is 
realized his dream and his potential and now he's well and he's better and he and he has confidence in himself and he's walking with a swagger and he's walking off into the sunset with his dad and Miss Chin who's going to be his stepmommy pretty soon with the trophy this little kid in a wheelchair rolls up and picks up that magazine and starts reading through it and I think wow and it's like and it's like passing along the hope that yeah. You know, believing in yourself again. It's like, hey, uh, for the time we, it was like drop dead Fred. Like you needed me. Chuck said basically said you needed me then and to help you get through things. And now you don't need me anymore. You're you're able to stand on your own two feet. Like this kid rolls up and he and he, he picks the magazine up and who knows what his story is. And he's like enamored with it again. And this is now his daydream. Like Chuck's gonna come back like a fucking genie and help him through the day. Dude, could you imagine? Could you fucking imagine the kids flipping through the, the a sequel? The same kid and in, in the wheelchair. The, <laughs> <laughs> the kid's flipping through the magazine and he turns to a page and it's like Jean Claude Van Damme and he starts reading about Dude, it. That, and then the sequel, it's Jean Claude Van Damme and this kid in the wheelchair and they do it all over you again. You know what? I would. Uh, you know what? I could take Sidekicks and put it on Netflix, thirty or forty-five minutes each show, and have different like legends. Oh my god! That'd legends, be fucking amazing. legends come out and they're in the magazine. They're in the Karate magazine, and then each time you turn to it, would be a different story for each That'd kid. Be it's like one would be cigar. Seagal wouldn't be Van Damme, won't be Norris. Seagal would probably be a really bad mentor, though. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, it's like, sometimes when people don't like you, you rip their throat out. <laughs> but no, I mean, whatever. But you could put, like, oh, man, like, that would be so cool. Like, because that would be, each each page of the magazine would be the opening to another story with uh, with another hero. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck, dude. That's what Netflix, get on it. Yeah. Or we'll, we'll fucking start our own company. YouTube Red, hire us for that shit. We'll, we'll write the whole thing. <laughs> YouTube Red? Oh. Yeah, they do the Cobra I, no, Kai I, no, thing, No, I right? thought you meant, uh, I, I, dude, for some, I went Red Tube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going no yeah, that's a different movie entirely. Yes, it is. But yeah, dude, I give this movie a 9 out of 10, man. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. It's You know, it's not a perfect movie. It's got a lot of cheesy, corny stuff in it. But this is, to me, one of the most underrated, unknown, amazing movies with some of the best messages in it. And just a fucking heart of gold. Yeah, a 9.0 for me too, man. There's no doubt that this movie is all about the underdog overcoming. It's a rocky story with a little bit cheesy and corniness to it, but nonetheless, it really does. When you were a kid back in that day, it's one of those movies that I would go to and be like, man, that's that's it, man. Like sometimes you're gonna get really down on yourself and it's gonna suck sometimes. You gotta go overcome the odds, but you could do it. I mean, we don't all have a Mr. Lee, but it's pretty much saying that believe in yourself and you can do whatever you need to do. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Chuck Norris. Fuck, dude. It's so good. And if you guys have never seen it, again, you can watch it on YouTube for free. So definitely check it out. And uh, we had a blast. I had a fucking blast. I had a great goddamn time. I'm going to get my fucking karate gi. Don't need karate gi for break break. <laughs> Don't need karate gi for drink. <laughs> no, definitely not for that. <laughs> Thank you guys for hanging out with us here on Revenge of the Action Movie. And I don't know what the fuck to end this with again. Falcon punch, Chester Mite! Don't 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 With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming, 
Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit. Four plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com.